Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Live Life Liberated with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. Today, Sean Clark is behind the mic and audience, if you recognize that name, Sean was actually a guest on the show. Now he's just taken over. He's behind the mic. Sean, how are you this morning? Doing very well, Eric. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. So this is your first interview. I mean, as, as far as being on this side of the mic, who'd All you right. bring on the show today? Yeah, absolutely. So I brought on Isaac Downing from Capstain to talk about cost segregation with me. So as the director of financial planning here at Centura Wealth Advisory, I work with a lot of our clients to facilitate different planning strategies. And one of the things that we utilize quite a lot of is cost segregation. So Isaac's an expert in this space and I brought him on to share more with us. Fantastic. I'm here to learn. Thanks, guys. Isaac, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on, Sean here. Thank you. I'm definitely thrilled. I am the director here for Capstan Tax Strategies. And like you said, Sean, we focus a lot on cost segregation and other tax strategies to really help our clients out here maximize their taxable liability, uh, reduce that, and help them out with tax benefits. Fantastic. Well, I'm really excited to have you here today. I want to talk a little bit about cost segregation just to set the framework of what it is and you know how it came to be. So tell me a little bit about what is cost segregation? Yeah, so cost segregation, you know, there's a lot of uh, definitions when you're looking at it as well, but you want to really think about the main core of what is cost segregation. So initially you have a commercial property that has a either 27 and a half year life or 39 year life basis, necessarily a commercial real estate building. So the IRS itself allows us to take certain specific assets and depreciate them at a shorter life. So we'll take those specific assets from the 27 and a half or 39 year life and, and take specific personal property and put them in the separate buckets in the five, seven or 15 year life, and basically carving out those assets, giving them a shorter life and do, the depreciation is accelerated from that method. Very cool. So uh, you mentioned a, a lot there. Let's dig in a little bit. So you mentioned bucketing different uh, different types of assets with different depreciable lives. Um, how long has that practice been around and how did that really come to be? Okay. So like you were talking about, how long has cost segregation been around? So, you know, depreciation itself has been around essentially since, you know, the investment tax credit, which is back in 62. But, you know, what we're looking at here, the TCJA was one of the major tax reforms that, you know, in the past 31 years, and that has really gave cost segregation some really big leverage here um, in accelerating depreciation. Uh, again, we can really jump in the weeds when we're looking at that as well with bonus depreciation. But, um, you know, it's been around for quite a while here. I'm really able to help clients out here maximize uh, the depreciation and reduce their taxable liability. Great. Well, thanks for sharing that. And, you know, I know here we're familiar with the landmark case in 1997 of Hospital Corporation of America versus Commissioner, and that kind of brought some notoriety that, to this type of practice. Do you have any uh, comments on that on that case? Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like you're saying, that was a major case here. Again, it was in 97, the Hospital Corporation versus America. And what they did here, and that really established cost segregation as an actual study as well, too. What they did was there was a lot of components here in the property that weren't necessarily to that that structure itself. When you're thinking about components, especially in a hospital, we're thinking anywhere from x-ray components, maybe some specialty electric as well. And they argued that they can use a shorter life for those specific assets, you know, in the five, seven, and 15-year 
life versus their versus their 39 year life that they initially were taking. Um, they were able to show what they were able to do, and they were able to win that structure, and really gave cost segregation a really big standpoint on there at that point. Great. So if I'm understanding correctly here, they're, they're basically saying, hey, the lights, uh, the carpet, these kinds of things aren't going to necessarily last 27 or 39 years. Um, these are going to depreciate much faster. So by bucketing those out and assigning different depreciable lives, you're able to effectively categorize your 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 assets in, in different buckets. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what you're saying here. So they were arguing on the fact of the shrink components uh, specialty electrical as well when looking at there, not just hearing the conduit, specialty piping. Um, again, like you were saying, the carpeting as well. Those specific items right there are something that have a shorter life. They're not going to last, you know, 39 year life. So that's what they're arguing and they're able to kind of win and make a big standpoint on there. So, so what does that do for somebody? If I get a cost segregation study done and I've, I've allocated to these different buckets, what is that going to do for me? You know, when we're looking at cost segregation, we're looking at increasing, or I'm not accelerating the depreciation. Again, we're not increasing it by any way, you know, and what that does, um, in a sense, the depreciation itself, it, it decreases your taxable liability. When we're thinking about decreasing, you know, decreasing your taxable liability, it increases your cash flow. So, you know, at the end of the game, at, at, the, end of the, at the end of the day, we're looking to increase your cash flow, you know, because time value of money, as you guys know, especially Sean, you being a wealth advisor as well, you know, a dollar today may not be a dollar tomorrow as well. So we really want to take advantage of that while we can. Fantastic. So depreciation really serves as a tax shield and you're pulling that forward to help the owner really keep more of the, the income that they otherwise would be paying away to taxes. Is that correct? Absolutely. Exactly what you're saying is we want to, you know, we want to give uh, the owner itself the, the best possible benefit he possibly can. And again, uh, you know, a lot of these investors, they don't necessarily want to wait 39 years. You know, maybe they want to use that depreciation to offset the tax liability to go purchase another property as well. So there's a lot of different strategies when we look at as well. Great. So, so to answer a couple questions here. So who utilizes cost segregation and does everyone do it as common practice? Is it, is it commoditized in any way? Are there specialties here? Take us through that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of people utilize cost segregation. Again, we want to look at the person's taxable liability as well. So the main people that are using it is obviously people who are for-profit taxpayers. You know, any commercial property or residential rental property owners as well as the people that use it. You know, if let's just say you're a taxpayer that does major renovations or improvements on properties, those are the type of people that are really taking advantage of cost segregation. And now with the TCJA as well too, even people with rental properties as low as 200,000 are really taking advantage of the study. Again, how is it, how does it differ between firm to firm? You know, side C, some, some firms basically taking low hanging fruit. Um, those are the types of people that uh, when we're taking just specific carpet, you know, may not be utilizing cost segregation to the fullest extent. Um, again, we look at a lot further, you know, further assets that we're looking at. We're looking at specialty piping and plumbing as well to really maximize that and give that value up, you know, to, reduce your taxable liability. Great. Now you mentioned something really interesting there, that the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act affected cost segregation and real estate development. And you mentioned that it came down to investment properties as low as 200,000. Take us through that a little bit and what, what opportunities have been extracted yeah. in that space. So when we're thinking about the TCJA, again, that's the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that came into place. This was one of the biggest major reforms since 1986. So it was definitely a huge 
huge thing. Without jumping too deep into the weeds here, we really want to look at the bonus depreciation here. Uh, you know, basically gave us 10 years of predictability before we were looking year to year exactly, okay, where's the bonus depreciation going to be at? And now we have 10 years of predictability. Uh, we also were able to get 100% bonus depreciation up into 2022. Now that is huge. You know, prior, like we were talking about before, with some investors maybe have a smaller property with, let's just say, a basis of 100,000, you know, increasing, you know, accelerating their depreciation on that and may not give them the, the benefit that they're looking for if you're spanning it out between five years. But now with 100% bonus depreciation, those specific assets that we're carving out through our cost segregation study, we're able to take them up in year one. So we've seen wow. a lot of investors, let's just say they are um, purchasing rental properties in Arizona. I've seen a lot of people there. They're doing Airbnbs and they're getting this taxable income that's coming in. They're looking for ways to offset that taxable income. And cost segregation is a great play right there when you're looking at that. Fantastic. So is this something, uh, is cost segregation something you have to do right at the beginning of ownership? Can you do it in the middle at the end? Where does it make sense? Where, where does it not you know, it all depends, again, on, on the person that we're looking at as well, their taxable strategy that they're looking at. So, again, we want to – a lot of people think that you can't necessarily go back, which is not the case. You can go back. It's called a look-back study, we call those. Ideally, you want to do within the first year you acquire an asset. But let's just say you are uh, an investor that purchases the property, and maybe it is a business, and that building itself is not necessarily generating income within the first two years. You may want to wait to the third year to basically do that cost segregation study when you start generating that income. So there's a lot of different plays when you're looking at, as well as let's just say you're an investor that has 10 rental properties. Your taxable liability within that year may be only to do cost segregation on the first two properties, maybe wait to the following year and do another three. So again, we have to really look in case by case basis, but you can go back and do properties, you know, 10, you know, 15 years. I, I, we're doing them all the time. So I guess, again, it depends, uh, but it's a great tool and a great strategy to use. Yeah, it sounds like it. it sounds like it's worth taking a look at for um, investors. And, you know, as a, as a wealth management firm, this is something that we work with quite a bit. So I'm interested in how much legwork is required for an owner. You know, for instance, if they're going to work with you to go through this type of a study, how much legwork's involved? How much time does it take? Who needs to be involved? You know, it's not so much legwork that you think. It's really, it's really easy for us to go ahead and give you guys an estimate of benefit. Again, we work with you quite a bit, Sean. So whenever there is somebody that purchased a property, or maybe they have some rental properties. Again, we would ask for uh, some specific, maybe if they had an appraisal, we can do an estimate based off an appraisal. If it was a new construction, we'd have to see some of their plans. Um, again, if maybe it was a renovation, we would look at those aspects as well and the total cost made from the general contractor. That's basically the type of information we would need in the very beginning. From there, we would construct an estimate of benefit. Now, it's just basically showing, okay, this is the type of amount that we um, were we're forecasting that you would be receiving in your first year cash flow. And then we'll just talk with your CPA as well as yourself as well and see, you know, what your plan is with the building um, or the commercial or the residential real estate property and then go from there. So it's, it's not so much that much legwork involved. Once, once we do the initial cost segregation does an actual uh, site visit. Once that's done, usually about 30 days after that, we can generate your report. Fantastic. And what type of value, if you had to quantify it or, or maybe even qualitatively assess it, um, what type of value do you think most of the clients who you work with experience from a cost segregation study? Yeah, it, it all depends on the type of property as well, too, where it's located. All those things come into play when you're looking at a cost seg uh, study. 
uh, let's just say for a residential real estate property, you know, in a, a large apartment complex, you know, the type of depreciation that we're really accelerating here is anywhere from 10 to 35%. Now, why is that such a big variance there? Well, let's just say you had a property in, you know, downtown LA without any land improvements, you know, that could be something where the land improvements are only you know, minimal. But if you had a large residential real estate property there, a large apartment complex in Oklahoma, where you have walkways, you know, you have pools, you have all the different aspects on that, those land improvements really add up. And that's how you'll get uh, to that top. Same thing when it goes to uh, warehouses or maybe office buildings, all those specific, those specialty assets that we look for and really value, that's how the kind of value really kind of shows up and kind of gives you that variance. Great. And to go back to the bonus depreciation and kind of pulling that all mm -hmm. forward to year one, if I pull that all to year one and I don't utilize all of that, how does that work? What, what happens at that point? Yeah, we, we, again, we all look at that as well, give you the best possible strategy that you have. Again, we'd have to kind of look on a case-by-case -case basis to see exactly where you're at. If you don't necessarily use it within year one, it may not be the option that you may want to use. Uh, you know, we can, we can elect, elect out of bonus as well, too. So again, it would look on a case by case bonus, but besides, if we're talking about a carryover, it uh, wouldn't be something that we would carry over. So we'd want to we'd want to make sure that's the best possible best possible strategy for yourself. Gotcha. So the timing does matter on that that standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And like we're talking about before here, it just depends on how much your taxable liability each is going to be a case by case basis. But what we'll do is when we do our actual estimate and when we're looking at each specific property or properties, we'll come up with a method that will be the best possible and most beneficial for our client. Great. So take a, a business owner, for example, who's um, interested in, in working with you. What team is involved? What, you know, what's the team and the roster look like? And how does that all come together for uh, yeah. a business owner as an example? Yeah, absolutely. So let's just say you had a business owner that had multiple different properties throughout the U.S. Uh, what we do is we have um, our engineering team. So initially, what we'll do is we'll work here with with the business owner and their CPA in order to get the documentations we need. Upon that, we'll get the estimate of benefit analysis out there. And then if he has multiple properties throughout different states, we have engineers strategically placed throughout the entire U.S. So they'll be able to go out there and see the property, assess the property, see those specific assets. From there, they'll come back and construct the reports, which is then looked at by our tax team as well. So it goes through a number of different processes to ensure that we're really getting all the accurate, all of the possible benefits we possibly get, and as well as accuracy. So we really take pride in that. Fantastic. Well, Isaac, I've learned a ton here about cost segregation. Uh, what am I missing? What have we not talked about that we should be focusing on? You know, a lot of people themselves here they are unaware of what cost segregation can really benefit them. A lot of them would think that possibly their CPA can do it or a certain aspect, but it really is a true engineering study. You know, a lot of people will possibly take the low-hanging fruit when they're taking just maybe the carpet. But a lot of things that, are, that our clients are not seeing is the stuff that you really can't, um, can't see with the naked eye. We're talking about specialty plumbing, specialty lighting, that conduit, those, that piping on there as well. And those are the type of big ticket items that really take and really accelerate that depreciation. So, uh, we really want to look uh, at your property um, and really have a professional really look at it versus um, just taking a low-hanging fruit like we were saying before. 
Fantastic. Well, what it sounds to me is this is anything but a commoditized industry. Uh, there's a lot of expertise and specialization and customization required. And uh, it's you working with the business owners and the the other rosters of professionals to figure out what's best for that owner and how to effectuate those results. So fantastic, Isaac. Thanks for sharing that. So if one of our listeners wanted to uh, and you know move forward with a, a cost segregation study or talk about more about it, how did they get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you have a client that is interested or maybe they have some questions or potentially they have a property that could possibly benefit from a cost segregation study, feel free to reach out to me. I'll give you my email address, which is idowning, I-D-O-W-N-I-N-G, at capstan tax, C-A-P-S-T-A-N-T-A-X.com. Uh, or they can reach me at area code 805-341-0142. That number again is area code 805-341-0142. Thank you. Thanks, Isaac. Guys, this has been fantastic. I just, I had no idea that you could actually depreciate pipes and and specialize things like that. I mean, this is why I love being part of this podcast is I'm learning something every time. And so, Sean, I appreciate uh, you hosting today. You did a fantastic job. Of course, Isaac, thank you so much for being here on the show. And our last thank you always goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Centura Wealth Advisory, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory. Centura is an SEC registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results. 